You're listening to Castrol CarCast on Podcast One. Hey guys, welcome to CarCast. We've got a fantastic uh, chat with Von Gittin Jr. coming up for you. Before we get started, a word from our friends at Madison Reed. Are you working from home? Are you staring uh, at yourself on your on your video screen and your coworkers are staring at you on your on your Zoom call? You're staring at your gray hair. You're thinking about coloring it. Well, you're not alone. Madison Reed Mister, it's gray blending, natural looking color for your hair and beard. I saw the before and after shots. They look great. There's uh, none of that shoe polish look. So maybe you just want a little more pepper and a little less salt. Madison Reed Mister makes it easy to find your color match on their website. You can uh, It's quick and easy. You can check them out online. Just apply the color gel to your dry hair, then the activator. You wait 10 minutes, then rinse and shampoo. Plus, they deliver right to your door. Just go to MadisonReedMister.com. It's MadisonReedMR.com and use the code ADAM for 10% off plus free shipping on your first box. Again, that's code ADAM10. Hey guys, welcome to CarCast. I'm Matt, the moderator, DeAndrea, here with Bill Goldberg. Oh man, and a great uh, special guest, friend of the show, friend of Bill's, friend of mine, and uh, and wacky suit wearer, uh, uh, Von Gittin Jr. <laughs> Trust me, you go, go to any event, go to any like formal event with this guy, and he's got the most creative suits Good ever. Word. I, I think at Goodwood we were all together and we went to the Goodwood, you know, to the <laughs> Chris. I wish you could pull a picture up of it. Of uh, uh, there's got to be a picture somewhere of of Vaughn's suit over at Goodwood. You know, Goodwood does I don't know like Saturday night or something. They do this very formal, you know, very nice high end like dinner event, and there's usually a show and. Uh, all kinds of crazy stuff that's going on, musicians and acrobats and, and stuff. And uh, and uh, then there's one <laughs> suit that steals the show. <laughs> all I can do is say thank you and bravo. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, always trying to keep it fun, guys, you know. You got to keep it fun and you got to – I'm not saying no, – don't get me wrong. I'm not saying dumb it down, but you got you to gotta meet it in the middle, man. I mean, you know. <laughs> Even the king was wearing a was wearing a, a, a penguin suit, and he looked kind of out of place. So, you know, we need, we need to balance it. We need to balance it. Out. That's all I can say. So, thank you. Um, all right. So, before we get started on this, uh, just a, a, a plug for our friends at Dodge. We all know that Dodge is known for horsepower and muscle, but did you know that Dodge uh, won the JD Power uh, no, number one award for initial quality? So you can join the Brotherhood of Muscle and experience the strength of Dodge Muscle today. Visit Dodge.com to shop and buy online and see your local Dodge dealer for great deals. There's never been a better time to join the Brotherhood of Muscle. All right. So we've got a few things going on. First of all, uh, Formula Drift, it's happening right now. You're, you're, uh, you're in the points lead. Uh, in your in your category, that's got to be exciting. And this is coming to Irwindale out here out here in California, uh, November twenty through twenty two. First of all, good luck, because <laughs> uh, uh, 
our state is such a pain in the ass out here in California that we're doing these shutdowns and everything. So I, I imagine there's going to be a version of this. Have you guys been doing racing throughout, uh, you know, all forms of racing, the, the off-road racing, everything without spectators and with spectators and, and some social distancing? How is, how has that been happening? Yeah, it's been very, uh, it's been very state to state, you know, as you know, um, President Trump has allowed the states to make their own decisions. Uh, So, you know, racing in both Ultra 4 and Formula Drift uh, this year has been, everywhere has been different. Um, You know, we've had events that have had fans, you know, with just standard things in place, right? Mask wearing, social distancing, things like that, and others that um, there's no fans. So, uh, California, of course, uh, you guys just had some pretty big things come down. In fact, I'm out here now. My family and I just arrived last night. Um, but, yeah, there will be no fans this weekend. It'll just be a, a live-streamed event. So certainly interesting, but, um, you know, I'm just grateful to be out competing. So, uh, you know, we'll take it however we can get it. Now, how, is it, how has it been for you during that? Because, you know, Obviously, uh, different sports are presenting in different ways, and the participants feel a certain feeling in, you know, going out and performing in front of no fans. I did it at WrestleMania. It was really weird. You have been doing it repeatedly. What's it like? Yeah, it's, um, you know, you're, you, you nailed it. I mean, you're definitely missing that energy of the fans. I mean, there is certainly, without a doubt, a huge – a huge hole and a huge void. Um, you know, we, we have a very, you know, young and savvy crowd. So they're all very engaged in social media and the live stream and things like that. So we figured out ways to stay in contact. I do like, you know, Instagram lives and things like that. Talk to my people, but there, there's nothing like, you know, being at an event, throwing high fives, you know, and, and, putting smiles on their faces. I mean, that's what I do. You know, I'm a professional fun haver. I like to share fun and put smiles on faces. And, um, you know, I think we're all in this same situation. I think everybody's understanding. And I just personally try to make the best out of it. Um, but, putting, but putting all of that responsibility and the fun stuff and giving back and interacting aside, as a competitor, does it really change the situation at all? Like when you strap it in, does it, I mean, does it make a difference? No, no. I mean, because you just go to a different place. I mean, you know, right. I mean, you just go to a different place in your head and like um, there's, it's probably a little bit easier um, because, you know, you'll go to halftime and, you know, you'll get in the zone and be an hour and a half messing with your fans and hanging out and getting out of that competitive zone Whereas now, you know, you don't have that, um, you don't have to make that shift. You're just always there. So I would say from that side, it's a a slight bit easier, but um, I would go back to the way it was at any moment possible um, and, you know, make those shifts as needed. Yeah. You know, uh, another another little trick i guess that's coming up in the mix that's going to be kind of fun because you guys are live streaming like you were talking about for for uh, formula drift specifically and uh the race coming up um there's uh I'm not exactly sure how it worked out but a partnership between type s leds 
And uh, I, I think AutoZone is a sponsor and Formula Drift. And you guys put a video out about this. It was kind of fun where you took the drift cars and you, you kind of did a Tron effect, you know, underneath the cars and all around the cars. You kind of lit them up and it looked cool. And I think the plan was to, to, to race at night in Irwindale so we can really kind of cool and see the lights. But uh, to, <laughs> kind of to Bill's point, is that more difficult? I mean, it looks cool for us to watch the, the sort of these Tron effect cars going around the track, but you have to kind of run it at night, right? So, <laughs> Yeah, for sure. You know, well, that video was rad. We uh, rented this, um, this uh, military training ground in Virginia called Panthera Training Ground, and they have this – track that's literally built into the side of the mountain that they do you know military training on and um we went into that video which was super sketchy by the way because in order to capture all the lights we couldn't have a ton of lighting <laughs> and uh so uh chelsea actually drove off the side of a cliff uh during ah, that. he <laughs> didn't get hurt at all it, it worked out perfect case scenario but um but yeah you know type s is uh a partner of ours and now a partner of the series and they're going to help light it up and make it look, make it look sick, which, um, you know, underglow is, is something that's coming back in a big way and people are really starting to put lighting back on their vehicles. And um, it, it's going to look sick this weekend at Irwindale with all the pro cars having underglow on them at night at Irwindale. It's going to be, it's going to be really cool. And they've got a, uh, I think they're also doing some stuff to light up the track in a unique way. So I'm excited to see what they came up with. They, they're doing some really cool stuff and, and type S is putting out some great product that's available in you know, places like AutoZone and uh, even Costco. So I'm really happy to be working with them. It, it's, it's interesting. Cause I, man, I remember gotta be early nineties, especially in South Florida, like the, uh, the underglow, stuff going on in some of these cars you know it was crazy because i remember i've always been a, a mustang fan and i was driving the fox body mustangs in the early 90s come on and, you have you know you did don't lie and uh and I had, I had i had my fair share of these cars for sure but i just remember like an all black like completely blacked out fox body convertible with like purple undercar neon and Guys were running around with no lights on because they want this weird glowing effect. So I just remember just standing around, like I think it was in Fort Lauderdale at the time, and this car just comes flying by with this underglow underneath it. I was like, "That looked cool, but you should turn your lights on." It was getting it was getting a little it was getting a little dangerous with some of the things that were happening down there. And then th- that that thing grew huge and it died away. But now it seems like the perfect place for it is in something like what you guys are doing with formula drift and it's going to look fantastic on, on camera. Yeah. It's going to look great, you know, and like the smoke will light up a bit. Like it's, it's going to be, it'll create for cool effect for a, you know, a very visually dynamic sport. It's just a no brainer element to add to it. So I was, I was pretty excited. Um, when, you know, when I, when I heard about it, you know, drifting is all about, you know, being exciting and being fun and exciting to watch. And uh, this is something that will really, really take it to the next level. I think so it'll be exciting. You know, and to be able to try something and do, do things differently. I think formula drift gives you guys uh, that flexibility to do that kind of stuff. Right. I just don't see NASCAR doing this anytime soon. There's too many players. There's too many rules. There's too many things going on. And, and 
I don't want to say it's any less fun. I just think it's just such a big business that there's not a lot of, not a lot of room to do something kind of fun like this. (laughs) Yeah. You know, uh, honestly, I, I, I love to see NHRA do it, but uh, there's a, there's another level. There's another level of danger going on there as well. I just don't know what it's like to go 330 miles an hour down a straight line in the dark with just yeah, turn your turn your just, lights off and cut your reaction time and yeah okay. yeah right just uh just neon lights going plus i it would just it's weird blur effect right you would just see the lights just blur down the they i it might be kind of fun to do a to do a video of it i don't know that i want to do professional racing with it, but, yeah. uh, but it looks like a pretty cool effect uh the other thing that you've been doing is uh is ultra four tell us about ultra four so for people that aren't too familiar with it. Yeah, so I've been uh, racing Ultra 4 um, in my uh, classic Bronco-bodied uh, race truck. His uh, nickname is Brocky. Um, so, yeah, my teammate and I, uh, Lauren Healy, who is um, just a legend in, in off-road, um, we teamed up uh, two years ago. Um, I've been doing this now for five years, but it's basically um, – Ultra four is, you know, I'll go ahead and say it. I, I believe it's the, the ultimate in challenge in off-road. We're doing, you know, desert like Baja. There's a short course racing element at just about every, every track, um, which is kind of like a stadium setting you have to come through. Uh, there's trees, there's woods, massive boulders. I mean, you know, King of the Hammers, most everybody knows King of the Hammers. You know, King of the Hammers is the biggest ultra four race. Um, but it is one race uh, in the series, and uh, it's just been a, a really incredible challenge. You know, something for me I'm uh, extremely excited about. You know, everyone knows uh, the new Ford Bronco is coming out, and so this is kind of, you know, it's stomping grounds, if you will. I mean, uh, you know, they developed and did a lot of durability testing out in Johnson Valley where King of the Hammers is. And uh, so for me, I've just been enjoying this new sport, this new challenge. Um, it reminds me of drifting about – you know, 10, 15 years ago was just very early and just very fast growing. Um, it, it's just all epic things of off-road in one in one race. It's really, it's, really cool. It sounds like it's sort of the, the triathlon or the heptathlon of, of off-roading because you're doing the high speed and the low speed. So tell us about the truck itself. How do you, how do you build a truck to do the high speed, the low speed, the rock crawling, sure. you know, yeah, you know, it's sort of like conditioning, you know, <laughs> you know, yourself for, for multiple events. Right. And yeah, uh, no, exactly how, do, how do you end up with a truck like that? Yeah. So there's multiple different classes. Um, you know, they have a stockish class and they have like a modified and then what I race is in the unlimited. So the 4,400 class, it's, it's unlimited, whatever you want to do. And effectively, you know, these trucks are part trophy truck and part rock crawler. And so, you know, these things have, you know, over 20 inches of travel front and rear. Um, we run uh, 40 inch Nitto trail grapplers uh, on our truck. So 40 inch tires, right. Makes everything smaller, all the holes, all the boulders, everything gets smaller when you run the tire that big. Um, you know, my race truck, uh, last year's truck runs about 750 horsepower. This year's truck's going to run about 900. <laughs> um, they've got, you know, fully built, you know, racing transmissions, um, you know, it's, uh, you know, everything that you can imagine, right. We have, uh, you know, triple bypass, um, 
uh, dampers on them. We have got coilover and triple bypass. So each corner of the truck has effectively two shocks on it. Um, they all, you know, it just handles serious abuse. You know, it goes through the whoops at 100, 110 miles an hour. It goes, you know, through these, through the rocks. And when I say rocks, these aren't rocks. Like these are boulders in ravines that like you don't even want to walk up, but the trucks just drive right up it. So, um, you know, they're all tube chassis trucks at this level, you know, because of safety, you would never be able to take a hit with a, a, a body on frame at the speeds we're going. Um, let's see, the, you know, the, the bodies of them are all composite for light weighting and obviously uh, achieving, achieving the goals there. Um, massive, massive, you know, ring and pinions and everything is fabricated and reinforced. I mean, these things just take crazy, crazy abuse. Um, but they are just unbelievable to be behind the wheel of. In fact, I'm, I'm constantly surprising myself with what this, what this truck can do. Do you, do you run it all the way through or do you get to, you know, do the high speed stuff, stop, change the shock set shedding settings, then do the rock climbing and, or is it more like a triathlon where you just, you just keep going? Yeah. One set up. Yeah, there's no time, you don't get, like free time. You know, if you're going to make changes, it's a pit stop and you don't want those. So, you know, we dial the trucks in, um, you know, depending upon what, you know, like anything else, you know, when you're racing, you set your car up to be the best at whatever's going to create the biggest difference. So usually, you know, the, the majority of time uh, is, is in the fast stuff. And when you set your truck up well for the fast stuff, it actually works very well in the rocks as well. So, um, you know, King's got some great shock technology that we use. It's, it's position sensitive. So, um, you know, there's certain areas that you're working in when you're in the rough stuff. And then when you get into obviously the rocks and, you know, the rocks and things like that, it's a bit different. So you can effectively have a good tune for everything. Um, and then, you know, you focus on the majority of stuff being like where you put the majority of your, your tuning energy too. So, um, but yeah, now it's one setup. When you leave the line, that's what you got. And, you know, look, you're just hoping to finish in this sport. This, the attrition rate is like unbelievable. I think King of the Hammers last year, 120 trucks started and like 30 or 40 finished. I mean, it's, it's, it's raw. And um, it is, you were just getting the crap kicked out of you for a couple hours at a time. And, you know, it's, it's for sick dudes like me that just <laughs> unbelievable challenges, you know? What engine do you run in the truck? Uh, so that truck, uh, so we have a, uh, it's called a Z427. It's a Ford Performance crate motor that I had um, Mike Cash tune up a bit. Uh, my teammate runs a 460 uh, D motor, which is what I'll be switching over to next year. Um, the D motor is a Ford based, you know, Windsor based motor that's just been around for a long time that, you know, most, most a lot of race cars are, are running them. And, uh, it was the original NASCAR architecture as well. So, um, just very bulletproof and reliable, you know, in this game, it's, it's displacement. Um, so, you know, like exhibition and fun vehicles, you know, we would use like a coyote, which is, you know, 302, mm -hmm. um, 302 based and put a supercharger or something on it but uh in 
you know, for the racing side of it, you know, having a blower and having all the extra weight and extra heat and things just not conducive. So it's a big displacement game. You know, some people are even switching over to big block motors, like, you know, like you would see in pro mod and things like that, you know, so uh, it's getting crazy. Um, the biggest thing now is as everyone's adding more power, things are starting to break transmissions, axles, gears, right. things like that. So it's the, uh, you know, the old adage of how much is, how much is too much. And then my answer is, well, nothing is too much, um, but you need to figure out how to keep your equipment together because you can't win if you can't finish, you know? Yeah. Do you run iron block or aluminum blocks? Uh, aluminum block. You know, some guys aluminum are out block. there running steel block, mo- block motors, um, but we're running aluminum. I mean, I try to have a lightweight anywhere I can. So on the off-road stuff, you run the big displacement pushrod engines. You're right. You want you want the reliability. You want the torque. In in your drift car, you're running the Coyote, right? You're running the mod engine, or oh, so in my in the so we have multiple configurations of our cars, right? So our competition cars that are focused on winning, we've got to use the best recipe possible. So for that car. Uh, we run a RY45, which is a motor uh, that Roush Yates and Ford Performance um, have developed out. It effectively run, uses um, FR9 heads, which are used on the, the cup cars. And, um, you know, that, that motor is a 455 cubic inch motor. It makes about mm-hmm. 900 NA, and then we run about a 300 shot worth of nitrous on it. Um, so that nitrous is constantly... Um, you know, constantly available based on, you know, my throttle position and when I command it. I didn't think about that. I didn't think about running nitrous on, uh, on, uh, on the drift cars. That sounds like a fantastic idea now that I'm kind of running it through my head going, yeah. Uh, all right. So, so, that, so you're running a- super lightweight, right? It's yeah. you know, super lightweight and there's a ton of horsepower and that- it's very easily controllable and uh, relatively safe when you, you know, when you know what you're doing with it. You're, you're right. If you're running the mod motor, you, you, you'd be running a supercharger on it and you're be, yeah. you know, you're adding that weight to the top of the engine. You're adding, you know, uh, you know, air to liquid intercoolers, a, a tank for it and inter- heat exchanger for it. Like you'd be adding a hundred pounds, you know, whatever, yeah. 80 pounds, hundred pounds to, to the whole setup. And then you guys have to get creative and go, Oh, we don't want the water tank in the front. We want it in the back. Uh, okay. All right. Well, let me, uh, let me do this. Let me, um, let me, hit our friends at uh, at geico real quick and then uh, we'll keep going on do you guys own your home or you rent your home either way it can be a lot of work but you know what's easy it's bundling your policies with geico geico makes it easy to bundle your homeowners or renters insurance along with your auto policy and that's a good thing too because you already have so much to do around your home already so just go to geico.com get a quote and see how much you could save it's geico easy visit geico.com today that's geico.com all right, so we've got, uh, uh, of course, a million other things going on. Uh, we're going to try to get to as many as we possibly can. Let's talk about the Mach E fourteen hundred, right? I went to the uh, to the unveiling of the Mach E, and uh, I don't think Chris has. He's not in the studio today, Bill. I don't think he's got the sound drops uh, of our buddy Alistair. But uh, uh, I, I, I know I, they they debuted the Mach E. I thought it was a fantastic. Um, uh, entry into the EV market for for Ford and this and going after the performance side of things. Oh, there it was. <laughs> 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 uh, 
I, I went for a ride in one of the cars as well, and it seems cool. Like, I think it looks good. It's got a good line to it. Um, it's got a good profile to it. I like that, you know, there was a lot of talk about should it be a Mustang, should it not be a Mustang, and I thought they they did a pretty good job of saying if it's going to be a Mustang, it needs to have some Mustang DNA. And although people still questioned it, Ford's answer was, all right, let's – let's turn it up to 11 and see what happens. And then you guys work together and come up with the, the Mach E 1400. Right. Yeah. <laughs> did Ford come to you guys for this or did you have no, thoughts so, on, on the Mach E? Yeah. So um, I'm glad you like the Mach E. I've, I've got to spend a lot of, a lot of time in it and Ford's super committed to electrification and they're really doing a great job. I mean, they're, they're really getting it. And, you know, as you know, with Jim Farley as a CEO, you know, he's a technology guy and he thinks outside the box. So the future is bright and I'm really excited about, you know, what, what we've got going on over there. You know, the 1400 was an interesting project, you know, for me, you know, I don't know if you guys know, but I've come from an IT background. I was a computer nerd when I had a real life job, you know, 17 years ago. And um, so I've always had my eyes on the electric space and, you know, knowing on paper what, you know, what electric motors are capable of. It's something I've been very excited about for the things that I do. Um, and so, um, you know, I knew Maki was coming, obviously. Um, and I had the opportunity to go do a test in a, um, in an electric vehicle. And I, I had been kind of like kind of on this path of figuring out what I would do if and when we ended up having the opportunity to build one. And, um, you know, basically long story short was I had a very, I'm very interested in people being excited about driving. You know, it's been such a special thing for me in my life. And I hear people like thinking electric cars are just like the end of fun behind the wheel. And so I had some personal interest to just create something that, that shifted some perspective and, and well, what if, you know, what if electric was done like this? And so, um, you know, I, I came up with some concepts and, and worked with, with my team a bit on some of the technical, you know, details and went to Ford and said, Hey, I'm kind of thinking of, of an idea like this that we could leverage like that. And they were like, well, your timing's perfect, Vaughn, because funny you should say, and it's kind of like they opened this secret door mm-hmm. and um, we just kind of just jived on the same page very quickly as to, you know, how to bring something new and exciting to the electric space. You know, people have built vehicles to break track records and, you know, this, that, and the other kind of traditional mindset. And I'm like, you know, we were just like, well, what if we built something that could drift, rear wheel drive, all wheel drive, something that could do lap attacks or hill climbs. And most importantly, something that could, you know, we could have three passengers in giving them the experience of, of what it is. And so, um, you know, we talked forward into letting us build a, what, what was to become the Mach-E 1400. Um, a huge project for my company, RTR and I, you know, on paper, you know, we have no business building an electric vehicle. Um, you know, one of our greatest builds that we're known for is, is Ken's Unicorn, but that's far from an electric vehicle. <laughs> um, but uh, is one of those things that, you know, with passion and the right people, we could get it done and Ford believed in us. And uh, it's one of the most unbelievable things we've ever accomplished and unbelievable to drive. I mean, it's just a, 
it feels like a magnetic roller coaster, like in all sense of the words. It's just crazy. If if you guys haven't seen any of the videos of this thing yet, uh, and um, not just just Vaughn thrashing the thing, but just the look of it, the stance of it, the sound. Uh, yeah, it's electric vehicle, but by no means does it seem to be quiet. I mean, it's you guys got it kind of really turned up, and I don't know if that's just maxing out those motors or if it's just kind of some straight cut gearing for durability or whatever had to happen to make that happen. But uh, it's it's fantastic to see. So uh, how does how does your company RTR go about building something like that from scratch? Like how how close do you get to get with Ford when when doing something like that? Yeah, so um, you know we we kind of had some our vision on paper of what this was going to be, and then once we once we engaged Ford, it went from like being this vision and goal to like this vision and goal. Um, you know, cause you know, Ford, you know, in this project, I've been working with Ford now for 13 years and this project like opened these special vaults and doors of like these super, super smart people, uh, that you, you know, this is one of those projects that you just dream of that you get this type of team. And because we're building this to no rules, you know, and it was basically built for not just demonstration and demonstrating technologies, but to learn. You know, no one's built a vehicle of, well, I shouldn't say no one, but there has been very few electric vehicles of this magnitude with these types of technologies. And so it was a true great collaboration between us, Ford, and then we had a drivetrain partner that um, we had already been kind of courting. Uh, They're from Latvia. Their name is uh, DriveEO, and they have uh, some great experience. Um, I was actually introduced to them by a friend of mine, Reese Millen, and um, who I'm sure you know. Um mm-hmm. And Reese worked with them when he did his uh, Pikes Peak project a few years ago. So um, we partnered up with them and leveraged their expertise when it comes to electrification and the drivetrain. Ford was very heavy on uh, the aerodynamics and the battery design. Um, The battery is the heart of these things, and there's the most to be learned in in the battery technologies. And so uh, that was really where Ford's big focus was. Uh, our design team worked hand in hand with Ford's design team to get what you see as the final looks. Uh, for me, I wanted something that was kind of inspired by the Group Five, you know, uh, Group Five era. You know, think of like the Zach Steve Capris, mm-hmm. just those days when motorsport was just like, what bring whatever your crazy shit you can build and you know you can build up, bring it. So that was kind of where some of the the you know the looks of. Um, you know, the initial looks came from. And then um, once aerodynamics teams and things got to it, it kind of resolved the, you know, the final looks based on function. Um, So yeah, it was just a a true collaboration. You know, we had a lot of learning to do. Like we're no stranger to building badass cars and, you know, we're experts when it comes to chassis and composite and things like that. But electrification, drivetrain and powertrain stuff was all new to us. So what we effectively did was um, we basically built the entire vehicle in CAD because there was no Mach-E's available at the time. So we built the entire vehicle in CAD. Um, and so the whole, the whole thing was built before we ever even got the body in white, you know, the donor body in white to build it off of. And so the configuration of it is there's basically um, a 56.8 kilowatt hour battery that sets super low, three inches off the ground between the axles. Um, there is two completely separate um, powertrains. You have a, a three stack of motors in the front 
that go directly to a differential, a quick change differential, just like we use in our drift cars. And then in the rear, there is a stack of four motors uh, that go directly to a differential. And so uh, basically the 800 volts from the battery runs through uh, seven different inverters, which those control the power output that goes uh, to the motors and then commands, you know, whatever you're commanding with the accelerator to stupidly simplify it. Um, so basically we have, you know, at the flip of a switch, I can go four wheel drive, front wheel drive, rear wheel drive, um, makes about 1400 horsepower and um, right around 2000 foot pounds of torque at the motors. And then you obviously do the torque multiply with the differential and you can very quickly see how you can see, you know, four to 6,000 foot pounds of torque at the tire. So it's, um, you know, it, it's certainly not the, the lightest vehicle, but that's one thing that is so different about electric vehicles is that everything we know of weight is related to our weight distribution of the vehicles we've driven, right? Traditionally a motor in the front, up high, relatively high, you know, a transmission and, and, and that. Whereas with electric vehicles, especially ones that are built for electric vehicle or your know, electrification, right? Like the Mach-E, the battery's low, the center of gravity's low. So now, you know, a 5,000 pound vehicle can still feel like a 3,000 pound vehicle in the way that it turns and it reacts because that center of gravity is, is so low. And so it's such a different perspective, which I think is something that people are gonna be extremely excited about when they finally get to drive the, the new Mach-E. It's just unbelievable the way it handles because of these characteristics. And so, um, so that was something that was really different for me, you know, as a driver coming in and instead of just looking at the weight number, feeling the vehicle, because it, I mean, it, it is a true race car and it feels unbelievable on the track, no matter what, what we're doing with it. What happened or what did it feel like the first time you drove it? Cause you can't really have, you can't really anticipate four or 5,000 foot pounds of torque and, and like, you like, I don't know, like you can get in it, you can, I don't know, you can, you can be very gentle or you can be not gentle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, we were actually at our test and um, I was feeling pretty disappointed because I was being told like this was full power output. And um, I think it, it turned out that we were just having some issues and there was literally one number inside of the inverters that had to be changed. And um, so we were, my, my technical director, Ray, and I were sitting in the car and we think we, you know, he thinks that we figured out and we we're about to test it for the first time with full power. So I'm like, all right, are you ready? And he's like, yep, let's do it. And I just floor it. And the car just, it was like a skirt, skirt, like, you know, just like barely yeah. twisted the tires and just launched. And um, I hit the brakes and stopped. Like I was scared. It was so, <laughs> it launched so hard. It was like, I kept going back to like my internal combustion brain where like, yeah. When it's lean, it feels really good till it doesn't. You know what I mean? Like if it's lean condition. And so this kind of felt like that. It was just so absurd from anything I'd experienced with it. I just had to make sure it was okay. So we came to a stop. We looked at everything. And then, yep, sure enough, like this is what it was supposed to be. Like this is what I was dreaming that we were building. <laughs> and, um, and so, you know, we went around the, the rest of the test day just – like little little kids giggling because it was just like <laughs> that kind of fun and that kind of reward of of all this effort and so um 
it's just incredible. And I mean, everyone since then, I mean, I've seen seasoned vets get behind the wheel of this thing. I mean, Ken Block, um, you know, some of my, my team members that I've taken on some crazy, crazy experiences. Um, and then we just uh, had an event at VIR where a lot of Ford's NASCAR drivers came out and experienced it. And every single one of them got out just like completely flabbergasted and mind blown. And like everything they thought they knew of electric was just completely out the window. Yeah. Well, obviously Ken has done some, some batshit crazy cars. The Hoonigan we're all big fans of being all wheel drive and nutty. What, what was, what was his reaction when he drove the Mach-E, the 1400? Yeah, he was, he was super, um, he was super impressed. You know, I've known Ken for a long time and he's, you know, it, it's hard to get a ton of excitement out of him. Yeah. <laughs> like that. But he was, um, he was just shocked at the torque and he wanted more. Um, you know, I was, we were, we were light on battery when he finally got to experience it during that shoot we did. Um, and uh, he just wanted more. He just kept telling me like, why you got to tease me like that? Why you got to tease <laughs> me like that? And um, so, uh, but yeah, he was, he was really impressed. And I think, you know, just like me and any driver that gets in it, you know, you're more so shocked and then your brain immediately goes into like processing what just happened and how you can utilize this technology for whatever your personal needs and wants are. And so he went there very quickly. You know, we started talking about a lot of other, a lot of things around it after he got out of the car. So it was cool to see his, his mind open and perspective shift. Not that he was a closed minded person, but it's just a, it's just an experience, man, that is so different from any, what any of us know. And, um, you know, you touched on the sound, you know. Yeah. You hear a lot of different things, you know. So for the 1400 in particular, there's an engine whine or motor whine, sorry. And it's more just like a really high, strung RC car. And um, you adapt to it very quickly as a driver, you know, because I was nervous. You know, I'm used to screaming V8s and, yeah. you, know, you know, I'm talking about Goldberg, you know, the beautiful sounds <laughs> of, of internal combustion engines. I was like, man, how am I going to adapt to this lack of sound, but there is this sound of speed and acceleration and you know exactly what to do and what not to do. It's not like it's this numb experience, you know what I mean? Like it's a very exciting visceral experience, even without a, you know, uh, you know, eight cylinders having explosions going on in them. So I think the lack of sound is overcome by the performance that you see right in front of you. Then you, then you can adjust to it and then you can accept it and then you can work on it. But you know, Matt and I have done some fairly cool stuff in our lives, automotive-wise, Matt more so than myself. But and, and obviously, we can live vicariously through guys like you and Ken. But what's the coolest shit you've ever done? I mean, it sounds kind of like this last experience with the 1600. But seriously, if you had to sit here and think about it, what is the, what's the one thing that's put the biggest smile on your face that you've ever done automotive-wise? And I know it's hard, you know, maybe two. It's hard. Well, you know what? I'm going to give you I'm going to give you a fresh one because I just came from it this weekend. And this might sound lame compared to what you're expecting, but um, a friend of mine, uh, Cletus McFarland, owns a racetrack called the Freedom Factory in Florida. Yeah. yeah. And this past weekend, we had a 2.4 hour race called the 2.4 Hours of Le Mullets, <laughs> and it was 20 Crown Vicks with various drivers from different demographics running door to door. And it was like, 
the most unbelievable fun, just unadulterated, no pressure type of fun. You know what I mean? So you know what? I, I have to, I have to believe you there because Goodwood was fun and the cool stuff that I've done is fun. But the most fun I've ever had was at Havasu when we did a, we, we had to pull a, it was a, it was a demolition derby and you had to pull a boat behind you. <laughs> so I, I get that. I get that answer. Yeah. Yeah. It it's, cool. it, it, here's the thing. It's like when you, when you get into a crazy car for the first time, it's, it's thrilling, but uh, Vaughn, in your case, when you get to do it again and again and again, it really kind of becomes your job. It's, it's not always the car that becomes the most impressive thing. It's the experience around it. Like, like you're saying, a demolition derby when you're ta- dragging a boat around or just a bunch of Crown Vicks just doing something crazy in it. Yeah. It's, it's the experience because you know now you know how to handle a car. Right. Yeah. So now it's like, what kind of crazy shit can you do that's kind of fun with it in that environment? I, I, was, uh, I was speaking about uh, doing some crazy stuff. You mentioned Goodwood and Goodwood recently did their uh, their version, sort of a non spectator, you know, online version, video version of it. And you were there with the Mach-E 1400 and uh, got a little squirrely look like. Like, yeah. like, you know, <laughs> like me? Come on. No, I, I, did not, I did not go in the hay bales like you. <laughs> I do you remember did. that though. And you did it. You did it better than anyone, Goldberg. <laughs> I did it at speed. I can tell you that. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, the, we, um, you know, it was interesting. So for speed week, they sent us out and um, we only, you know, you go out and you do a hot lap, but they didn't let us, there was no time to warm our tires. No. So I turned it in and it just started to rotate on me. And I was like, Oh no, you don't. And I just stood on the throttle. Cause if you do, if you go back in the grass, you've been trouble. So I stayed oh, yeah. on the track, got it to drive off and uh, saved it. But it was, I went through, it was sketchy. I went, I took that, I took that pony for a ride. Um, we tested the durability of uh, some suspension points and all that, but um yeah, I got back on the track and there was no issue, but it was it was a sketchy moment for sure. But I don't care what you've done. That good <laughs> experience is is I don't know. I don't know how to characterize it, but it's different. It's not like you're nervous. It's it's you're competitive. It's just a different deal. It is. Just a different deal. So I I mean I had my my yeah, it was like you couldn't shove a tail through mine going up. <laughs> but uh I can only imagine what it was like in that in that month. I, I, I love it because the uh, they've always got the British commentators, and they're all sort of like even when you watch like the uh, the vintage race, not just the hill climb. You know, they're just they're they're good and they're so smart, but they're still kind of monotone and still very British. And I remember you when when you did the uh, the Mach E fourteen hundred, the guys like here's a uh, Vaughn Gittin Junior. It's in the Mach E fourteen hundred. It's an all electric vehicle, and then and then you get off, and he's like, uh, he goes, oh, he goes, Vaughn's losing it a little bit over here. He goes, oh, or it's on purpose. I can't I can't really tell because it's Vaughn Gittin Junior. You never know what he's doing. And the guy was just kind of like just going with it. He's like not a care in the world. He's just like. I don't know if this is on purpose or not. So you made it look good. Yeah, I, at least you fooled them. You know? <laughs> it was not on purpose. It was not. It was not line up when they commentated. Oh my gosh, it was. Uh, it was. It was fun. 
Um, okay, so uh, oh, here we go. We got uh, we got a little Isn't clip. It fantastic! It's the talk. What a getaway! Exactly. It's like flicking a switch. It's gone, isn't it? If this were recorded on speed trial, I think. Oh wow! Big big slide. Can he save it? He slides again. It's still in the right direction, just about. It's not going to be a great time, but it is going to be the save. Oh, this is back on. Maybe he selected rally mode by mistake. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes, Goldberg. That was that was at uh, the Motor Circuit. So they did Speed Week this year, which yep. wasn't up the drive that you and I yep. have have gone for Festival of Speed, but uh, nonetheless. It was, uh, man, that was a wild ride. It looked like it was a lot more forgiving than the, than the, than the hill climb. Yeah, it, it certainly was. There's definitely a little bit of runoff there. <laughs> the hill climb is sketchy. Like, you, like Bill mentioned, like you, you can't explain it. Like it, it's sketchy. It's a driveway and it's a, you're, you know, a, a standard British driveway and we're taking, you know, Bill's in a, in a NASCAR, you mm-hmm. know, I'm in my Mustang, um, and it's it's sketchy, and if you go off, well. <laughs> my adage was: as long as I can go faster, the car will get skinnier, and I'll fit through better. But it didn't work. It didn't work. It, it didn't work. That's all right. Was I was so I was so uh, so concentrating on Gambine or whatever it was. I, I forgot. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> Move on. <laughs> all right, let's talk about your Fox Body Mustang because I got one hanging on the wall here, and we can't, we can't like that. not. Is that, is that your old car? This this is a this is a rendering for a for a SEMA build, but it's like two projects down the line. So um, I've got my Lightning, my '95 Lightning that we're working on now. I've got a red '93 Cobra that's it's about eighty percent done. I'm developing some stuff for the Lightning that should work on the Cobra to get it. Let's just say you'll up. have a freaking white beard by yeah. the time you get to that third. Project. And then it's now this car. Yeah, this car here is kind of waiting in the wings, but it was at SEMA in 2016 uh, to show off the suspension. We brought we brought the unibody stripped down, and it had a Coyote engine with ITBs on it. It had uh, Brembo brakes, uh, coilover suspension in the front, and it had an independent rear suspension out of an 04 Cobra in the back. Uh, so we showed off all the suspension stuff in the, in the driveline, and now it's back, and uh, it's going to be off to the side. But that being said, uh, I, saw, I saw your video of, uh, I, I guess on your property, you just built yourself a little course on your driveway and, and told everybody to wait inside just in case it went poorly. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes, and uh, you're thrashing your uh, your 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 Mustang out there. Is this something you had already, or did you build something for fun just to shoot a quarantine video? Yeah, no, I've had a fox. I've had my fox for a while. It's uh, nickname is the missile fox because it just started out as just a toy that I would just go practice and beat and bang on doors with my friends. And um, yeah, so this was during quarantine. And uh, I was like, well, I'm just, I can't go to any tracks right now, so I'm just going to go have some fun in the driveway. And that's what I did. Uh, I set up a little course in my, uh, which was my previous home. I actually just moved to, uh, to North Carolina now. But, um, yeah, I just, it was a super tight driveway. And uh, I went out and, and, and had a good time. Did you would hit you the have done that if you would have kept the house? <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't care about stuff like that. <laughs> I did, I know, so I, 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 uh, was perfect 
I did hit the trash cans. That was kind of part of a plan. <laughs> but then I went in there to go under the carport and I was feeling a little cocky and I wanted to see if I could just do donuts under this. It's, it's a 20 foot carport mm-hmm. and I wanted to see if I could do donuts under oh, it. Oh, please. Up, did not work out. I ended up uh, smashing a rear quarter and blowing the taillights out on it. So. <laughs> I saw your wife and your kid. Yeah. 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 So this was just a fun, you know, there's <laughs> a can. Yeah. What, what engine do you have in that? So that is a uh, Ford performance 363. Yeah. Um, it's about 500 horsepower. Uh, it's a crate motor. Um, That's super, a good little crate engine though. That boss block reliable. and just those great Z heads on it. It's yep. yeah. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. Super reliable. And I just, beat that thing up. I've run it hot and you know, it just, it, it gets no love and it just handles it. So it's always nice when you find that kind of motor that'll just let you be a jerk to it. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Let me hit, uh, let me hit uh, uh, Dodge one more time. And then I want to, uh, before we wrap it up, I just want to get into RTR a little bit more. Tell us what's going on with the RTR stuff. Cool. Um, as you know, we talked about uh, Dodge uh, being, uh, being known for big horsepower and, and it's, it's crazy muscle cars. And uh, J.D. Power just ranked Dodge number one for initial quality, which is fantastic. Dodge is the first domestic brand to ever be ranked number one in initial quality and appeal in the same year. And it's the first time a domestic automotive brand has run away with both of those awards. You know, we've seen it with enough style, with enough horsepower and performance to make your muscle car dreams come true. It's no wonder J.D. Power named Dodge number one ranked brand in initial quality and driver driver appeal for mass market brands it's uh they're having a lot of fun with it i know bill's having a lot of fun with these cars as well oh yeah i'm pretty sure bill's keeping uh, dodge uh in business with 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 these cars so uh they get the truck, their fourth quarter will be good there you go join the brotherhood of muscle and experience the strength of dodge muscle today visit dodge.com to shop and buy online or see your local dodge dealer for great deals there's never been a better time now to join the brotherhood of muscle all right, let's talk about RTR a little bit. RTR, I don't know, we're going on, I don't a decade as a company, maybe longer than that as a, as a, as a concept, as an idea of yours. But this isn't, this isn't uh, you know, it, I mean, this isn't you have 15 years with Ford and a great relationship and the success in racing, and, and then you say, hey, how do we capitalize on this? This started very early on. This, this was sort of, uh, you know, this was a project of yours, an idea of yours or uh, early on to, to come up with, with RTR. So explain what RTR is. Sure. Yeah, so, you know, it's, it's, it's evolved into something beyond what I ever thought it would be. And I'd love to tell you that I had this perfect plan, you know, uh, 10 years ago, 10 years ago. Um, but I started the company um, – well, started making parts for the sole reason that, you know, once I got into the Mustang world and I wanted to personalize my car, like I felt like it was just a very old school mindset that like parts that, you know, my dad or granddad want to put on his Mustang and I wanted something new for, you know, myself, but, you know, I felt like I kind of spoke for a generation in, in a sense. And so, you know, RTR was launched in 2010 as kind of my vision of a new generation of Mustang you know, not to take any, you know, there's, there's plenty of room for all types of different styles, but I wanted something for, you know, for younger, you know, I felt that, you know, Mustang was kind of losing its, its hip, 
it's hip appeal to the younger, you know, my, you know, I was younger at the time and, uh, you know, the younger demographic and younger groups. And um, I, I was fall, I'd fallen so much in love with the car. I wanted everybody to think it was cool. And so, um, you know, started out just making, you know, making some parts and, and um, making that available, like the complete vehicle available as a, a dealer installed package. And, um, you know, now 10 years later, we've got, you know, vehicles all over the world, dealers all over the world. We've got, you know, support for F-150 Ranger, multiple generations of Mustang, uh, both appearance and performance parts. Um, and, uh, you know, we're, we're very rapidly uh, developing on for new Bronco and things like that now. So, you know, what started as just kind of a, a dream and a vision has now turned into a very real, you know, very real company. And, um, you know, with a very real great relationship with Ford, you know, we're strategic partners with Ford and um, there's a lot of really great things coming down the pipeline. And, you know, for me personally, it is still a project of passion. You know, I, I just want, like I mentioned, people to be excited about driving vehicles and, and we take the amazing, you know, we're fully focused hundred percent on Ford, not because Ford pays us to be fully focused on them, but because I believe in what they're doing. And, um, I'm very excited to have the opportunity to take what they're developing and then take it to, you know, another level for those that are like-minded like myself. You know, we like to say, you know, available to all, not for everyone. And that's our true, you know, we don't build vehicles for everybody. We build vehicles for those that, that get it, for those that are, you know, trying to fill a void in their, in their lifestyle that, you know, maybe need a little bit more confidence or um, a little bit more fun behind the wheel. And that's, that's what we do. Now, RTR has a custom shop as well, because you mentioned the, the Mach-E 1400 project. Uh, Hoonicorn, I think you guys did as well, right? You, you mentioned that earlier, which I don't think a lot of people know. Um, how does that work? Is this a custom shop that's just, they just kind of build your sort of brainchild of cars? Or, or is this a, a shop that can be hired? Yeah, so we... Um we're not like a for hire public, like hot rod shop. So we mm-hmm. have, you know, our RTR division, we're constantly, you know, we have engineers and development team that's constantly evolving those products and, and that that's going on. Then we have our motorsports program, um, you know, which is effectively where a lot of our special vehicle builds run through. So, you know, I have a great team, great fabricator, um, but, you know, a lot of this stuff kind of when we take on projects like this, you know, ever it's kind of all hands on deck. So, you know, design comes from our, you know, myself and our lead designer at, at RTR, you know, the fabrication duties are done from the, the same guy that fabricates on the race cars. You know, the composite stuff is done the same places that, you know, we leverage for the race cars. So right. you know, we've built a great network of, of people. We have a great staff uh, in house that can achieve and do anything. And, um, you know, so when we take on a large scale project like the 1400 or like Ken's Unicorn, um, you know, these are not things that we're constantly looking for. It's things that are quite taxing on, on you know, the business, but um, we do them because they're part of a bigger picture. And so right. um, that's why we don't necessarily just take on customer work. It's not that like for the right project, we won't consider it, but that's not our core business. You know, our business is, you know, motorsports, marketing, uh, media and, and content and uh, obviously competition and then obviously RTR vehicles with the um, 
you know, with aftermarket parts and, and turnkey vehicles. So um, we do not care about your business. Matt doesn't <laughs> care about your business. He just wants to know if you can finish his lightning. <laughs> I, I, I can I can work on the lightning for sure. <laughs> well, now now that I know there's a little bit more of a <laughs> a dream come true, and um, it's just it's crazy. You know, I I have loved cars my entire life. You know, I was five years old. My mom was was marrying my stepfather, getting Matchbox cars like ripped out of my hands so I could carry her ring. And you know, for me to to be here now. Uh, with you know the type of team that we have and, and the people that choose to you know surround me and what we're doing you know and spend their time and their life to help achieve these goals it's uh is humbling and i'm just extremely grateful for it and looking forward to keeping the fun going well it's uh, uh we're we're excited to see the stuff that you're doing you're right rtr has really grown quite a bit i was over at galpin autosports the other day getting work done on my truck. I think they had two or three Rangers getting a full RTR treatment on it over there. They're constantly doing it. And now it's, you know, it's, it's cool when, 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 when customers and fans see your stuff and they're like, I like that. I like what's going on. I want to use it. That's one thing. But then when you go to a shop like that and the guys who are installing it, like this stuff, if the installer guys go, I like the way it installs, or I like the end result, right? They got to like the combination of it. And then they, they start to get really behind it because they say things like, oh, you know, this fits the best or works the best or is the smoothest ride or the best off-road or is best warranty. And it's just like that that's the total package that's sort of behind the scenes that a lot of people kind of miss when you get into the aftermarket world, you know? Um, so, you know, if uh, if a shop like that is doing two or three uh, RTR packages at a time, you know you're going to something pretty good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and you're right. You know, and that's something we've taken a lot of pride in is our engineering and development. Um, you know, I take my relationship with Ford as very serious and as an opportunity to not screw up. And so we've always had very rigorous um, processes so that our final product, whether you're installing your garage or Galpin's installing it, you're not cussing us. So uh, that's nice to hear. All right, guys, we're, uh, I think we're kind of out of time here. Um, we're going to wrap some things up. Uh, Von Gittin Jr., guys, uh, Von Gittin is the website. He's on Instagram. He's on Twitter. He's all over at Von Gittin Jr. Uh, you can uh, follow him everywhere. He's got a great YouTube channel as well. You can see all the cool stuff up there and uh, including the, uh, the, the really cool, uh, video he did with Chelsea for the type S LEDs uh, where apparently Chelsea went over the edge, not caught on video, maybe. It was too dark. <laughs> yeah, it was a little, it was a little dark, but when the, when the lights flew off the edge and they disappeared, you knew Chelsea was missing. So exactly. uh, that's up there as well. Uh, Formula Drift is coming up very soon. It's November 20 through 22. Uh, it's in California, so you probably can't go, but you can watch it online and uh, check out uh, how they're going to set up all the, the racing at night with all the cool lighting and things like that. So um, thanks, guys. I appreciate it. Are we, uh, are we missing anything else? Any, uh, any final thoughts? Any final plugs? Nah, be good, Vaughn. Uh, it was a pleasure having you on. Would, uh, would Monster give you a bonus if you had one of their drinks in your fridge behind you? 
<laughs> well, this isn't my house, but if it was my house, I would, it would be in there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's opportunity, man. That's all. Yeah, yeah, put that stuff all over, all over the place. Hey, nice stickers are guys, Bill. Appreciate Good, keep you. Keep it up, man. Enough. Keep it up, guys. Hope thank I'll you so much. Goodwood. Hope I'll see you at Goodwood this year for the Festival of Speed. Oh man, I'll, I'll be in I'm, your ho- pit. I'm hoping 21 opens up events all over. Uh, you know, we're, we 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 really need it. We're craving it. But thanks, guys. Until next time, keep the air in the spare and the bag in the wheel. See you guys. For the latest updates and call-in times, follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at CarCast Show. If you'd like to write in, fill out the form on CarCastShow.com. And don't forget to give us a nice rating on iTunes. CarCast is a Corolla Digital production and is produced by Chris Loxamana. For more information, visit CarCastShow.com. guys thanks for listening always a pleasure to have vaughn on the show man that guy's just out there doing everything and having the best time of his life uh before we wrap it up or a word from uh, geico maybe you own your home or you rent your home either way it can be a lot of work but you know what's easy it's bundling your policies with geico geico makes it easy to bundle your homeowners or renters insurance along with your auto policy and that's a good thing too because you already have so much to do around your home just go to geico.com get a quote and see how much you can save It's Geico easy. Visit Geico.com today. That's Geico.com.